You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here, every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, the Carolina Panthers pull off a trade for Sam Donald, what the trade means for the Saints, as they are now set to square off with a new quarterback in the NFC South twice a season. We'll also talk about the Saints' continued work at quarterback. Sam Donald was a common name asked about by fans, why I think the Saints didn't pursue Donald, and whether or not they'll shoot for a reunion with Teddy Bridgewater. And finally, it's Twitter Tuesday, so we'll get to our listener thoughts on Alvin Kamara's 2021 season, 17 games. So what will the talented running back season look like? As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, deputy brand manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. y'all here we are another episode of locked on saints thank you very much as always for joining us don't forget as well because we're going to talk about this sam Darnold trade from the jets to the panthers to go and check out their shows as well locked on jets with john butchko locked on panthers with julian council specifically really go check out julian's work over at locked on panthers so you can get a kind of an idea of how the panthers are feeling about this trade and the panthers fan base and analysts around all feel and i have to tell you julian not very high on Sam Donald, so go and check out his show as well. But look, uh, you know, I want to talk about this trade from a couple of different aspects. The first being, a, a lot of people ask me about whether or not the Saints should trade for Sam Donald, so we'll start there. I often said no, and the simple reason being that I don't think Sam Donald is a very good quarterback. And I know that a lot of his development issues and his ability or inability to reach his draft potential oftentimes get siphoned through Adam Gase. And and while I get that, because Adam Gase did not put together a very efficient offense, obviously, over in New York, I, you still would usually see performance coming from the quarterback that makes you feel like, ah, okay, it's not their fault, right? Deshaun Watson had a crap offense last year. He was still Deshaun Watson. Jameis Winston had a crap offense the first few seasons that he was there, or really a team, a crap team around him. And you know, you still saw that he was a star, right? So you you can look at it, you can see, you know, um, uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's offenses around him were usually stagnant and and had a lot of issues and didn't have a good offensive line and didn't have a good defense. And then they didn't have a running game, but you still knew Matt Stafford was a damn good quarterback. I just haven't seen that from Sam Darnold, nor do I think that Sam Darnold fits what Sean Payton wants to do. I mean, the guy was 30th out of 32 in the NFL when it came to his ability to throw accurate passes, uh, according to Pro Football Focus and their quarterback annual. And then on the other side of that spectrum, throwing inaccurate passes, the the lower the number, the better. He was also ranked 30th in inaccurate and uncatchable passes. It just doesn't feel like he has the, the requisite tools to work in a Sean Payton offense. His passer rating ended up dropping the more time that he had to pass. He threw 60 some odd percent of his passes behind the line of scrimmage, which certainly fit what we saw from the Saints last year. But you still needed somebody that could do that accurately. The only time that Sam Darnold had a passer rating above 90 last season was when he was turning and throwing within two seconds. Everything beyond that 
was 68, 68, and then right around 49 if he held the ball for more than three seconds. So that's one of the reasons why I sort of held my attention away from Sam Darnold as a potential for the New Orleans Saints because, you know, we talked yesterday about the Monday morning quarterback article that came out from Albert Breer and the Saints' ability and willingness to build on a strength. The key to that is building on a strength, not just taking a shot because you feel like you have a strength at the position, right? So uh, that's why I don't think that they were interested in Sam Darnold. Uh, and according to Ian Rappaport, the only suitors out there in terms of this trade happening were the Carolina Panthers. It sounds like they didn't get involved in trade talks very much, although they may have reached out to see what the asking price was at an earlier point. So now the Carolina Panthers did pull off the trade for him, sending a 2021 sixth, a 2022 second and fourth in order to get him in Carolina. The Saints will now face Sam Darnold twice a season as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater. They faced Teddy Bridgewater one and a half games last year. Remember Teddy Bridgewater left the week 17 game with an injury, but when it came down to, you know, their ability to play up against Teddy Bridgewater, they were fine. I think their ability to play up against Sam Darnold is also going to be fine. Again, I don't have much confidence in Sam Darnold, nor do I have confidence in him specifically in an offense that's going to want to air it out next season in addition to that. So I think that at pick number eight will be very interesting to watch. Do the Panthers still go with a quarterback and like er admit defeat early and say, look, we know Sam Donald's not going to work out and we traded our second round pick for next year in order to get him for a year? That wouldn't make too much sense, right? So you have to imagine they're going to go with whatever the top tackle is that's on the board at pick eight, which is, you know, pretty okay news for the New Orleans Saints because you have to imagine that Atlanta is going to probably take Kyle Pitts at four, which would make a lot of sense for them. So that's a big time playmaker that all of a sudden ends up in your division. And then you stay away from another playmaker ending up there in Carolina at pick eight because they need to shore up an offensive line for Sam Darnold. So, uh, you know, look, it'll be interesting to watch the Saints pass rush going up against Sam Darnold, who has had some trouble reading defenses, but still, you know, getting a rookie tackle out there and either finding a way to take advantage of the inexperience or making sure that you don't end up getting stalemated from him like you saw sometimes with Tristan Wirfs uh, in 2021 so or in 2020. So, I think that that's kind of the way that I look at this matchup for the Saints versus Sam Darnold. I'm not too worried about him being in the division. I don't, like I said, I just, I simply don't think he's a very good quarterback. And so, you know, maybe I'm lower on him than most people are, but if I'm given the option to go up against Teddy Bridgewater twice a season, who's familiar with the Saints defense and has practiced against the Saints defense or Sam Darnold twice a season, I'm going to pick Sam Darnold nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10. Now, the Teddy Bridgewater part of this equation is really interesting because obviously there's some ties with the New Orleans Saints there, some very important ones. So could Teddy Bridgewater end up backing up Jameis Winston at some point or where will Teddy Bridgewater end up? We'll talk about that more here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, you know, look, they don't have any, any lines up right now for where Teddy Bridgewater is going to end up over at betonline.ag, but they have a ton of of other stuff, including the 2022 Men's National Championship, which you can go and place your bet on just after Gonzaga drops the 2021 final to the Baylor Bears and, of course, the Stanford women winning in the women's tournament as well. But you can go and bet on futures for the conference right now, the Carolina Panthers, plus 2200. If you're feeling really confident about Sam Darnold for any reason, you can go and place that bet as well. So go check them out over at betonline.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On so you receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to place your bets. 
and it's free to sign up. Once again, use that promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, family, if you just can't get enough of the sports news that you need, go and check out the Locked On Today podcast to get all the updates across the world of sports in less than 20 minutes. Go and check them out Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we talked a bit about Sam Darnold, why I believe the Saints didn't pursue him, why I thought that he wasn't a good fit. I don't want to just sit here and dunk on Sam Darnold all day while he doesn't have an opportunity to defend himself, right? Like, we'll see what the guy's play actually looks like in 2021. But what will be really interesting in 2021 is to see where <laughs> uh, Teddy Bridgewater ends up playing. Teddy Bridgewater ends up one year into his three-year deal looking like he's on his way out. And it certainly sounded like that from the uh, Panthers organization that mentioned that they want to find the right place and the right home for Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's with their organization or somewhere else, which clearly it's not going to be with your organization if you're saying something like that, right? Like you're pretty much uh, agreeing with everyone that like, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's on his way out. So where could Teddy Bridgewater end up going? So Teddy basically, you know, okay, he got a $15,000 signing bonus, 20, excuse me, $33 million is guaranteed at signing. So he basically got a two-year $33 million deal, even though his deal fully was three years, $63 million. So if they end up moving on from him, they end up taking a pretty big dead cap hit here. Now, some of it gets moved in a trade if they're able to trade him, but it's going to be a little tough to get somebody to pick up the rest of the tab on that contract that he's going to have because you're looking at about $20 million of dead cap. And again, some of that can move and he can also agree to take a pay cut, but you have to get him to agree with that. He's got a $17 million base salary this season, $5 million of his signing bonus is already counting against the cap and there's some roster and workout bonuses on top of that. So the total cap hit for uh, Teddy Bridgewater this season is $22.9 million. Now, if he takes a pay cut and helps out the Carolina Panthers, which he has no obligation to do, and he certainly doesn't owe anybody that opportunity, right? He does not owe that to the Carolina Panthers organization who basically just gave up on him after a season. And not only did they give up on him, but they gave up on him with Sam Donald, which again, I don't want to sit here and talk talk bad about the guy and everything, but you have to imagine that Teddy feels some type of way about that after getting that three-year $63 million deal, that $21 million a year contract after working so hard in New Orleans to, to start to resurrect his career. So one of the natural questions in terms of where is Teddy Bridgewater, go, or, or answers rather, in terms of where Teddy Bridgewater going to end up next, is to say the New Orleans Saints, right? It feels natural, right? He resurrected his career in New Orleans. He had such good ties in New Orleans, lived in the warehouse district, would bike to Poitras, would bike down Poitras to, uh, to get to the Superdome for game day, had a great connection with the community, had a great connection, obviously, with the uh, with the, the, the team and the culture, the locker room, the dancing, camera, all those things. So does it make sense that Teddy Bridgewater on that scenario, right, on that level of analysis in terms of culture and fit would come back to New Orleans? Sure, there's a reality in which that happens, but not at that price. That's going to be really hard for the Saints, even the Saints to pull off, right? So you would have to take a pay cut in order for you to be able to get to a situation to where you end up back in New Orleans. So some other places that could potentially make sense could be him backing up a rookie quarterback in another 
organization. So he could be, you know, Justin Fields' backup somewhere or Teddy, excuse me, uh, Trevor Lawrence's backup in Jacksonville or, or something wild like that. You know what I mean? And I even think that in those scenarios, you're going to have to take a pay cut in order for it to happen. Now, there is also the scenario that could potentially happen, although it seems like a long shot, is that the Carolina Panthers get him to take a pay cut, but then can't trade him. And so they end up just cutting him, in which case then I could really see him ending up back in New Orleans because then the market will be a little bit easier to set. And again, we all understand the free agent market in this in this offseason is very different than the usual type of situation that you would see from free agency, uh, you know, fr- from across the NFL. And so that's the part that I'm really looking forward to is sort of just watching all of this develop. Do, do I think that Teddy Bridgewater could end up back in New Orleans? Yes. But do I think that it's via trade? No. Do I think that it's via a pay cut and cut? That's the most realistic scenario for me in terms of Teddy Bridgewater being back in the 504. Because it would be really interesting to see, right? Teddy Bridgewater backing up Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill maintaining his role. And then all of a sudden, the Saints organization feels like they're back to a situation to where they have three starting quarterbacks. Now, this is unlikely to happen, obviously, uh, because I think the Panthers are going to be intent upon trading Teddy Bridgewater and recouping some of what they gave up for uh, to get Sam Donald in Carolina in the first place over on South Mint. And so I think that, you know, them trading Teddy Bridgewater is more likely and finding a way to get that to happen. And Teddy Bridgewater, too, may be willing to take that pay cut if it makes his contract easier to move so that he could actually get to an organization where he could back up or he could play. You know, he could get traded to Chicago. He could get traded to the uh, Miami Dolphins, which is where he almost ended up instead of Carolina. And he almost ended up, instead of coming back to New Orleans, he almost went to Miami. And then all of a sudden, he's backing up to a tongue of Iowa, And that's a really good situation there. So there are a lot of possibilities for where Teddy Bridgewater ends up going. And I think if they can find the right situation for him that he wants to be a part of, that he will make his contract easier to move with that in mind. But I'm not going to hold my breath about him ending up back in New Orleans anytime soon, but it would be very, very interesting to see if it all happened. And again, the big, big, big scenario in which I think that is most possible is if for whatever reason they can't find a trade partner for him, he takes a pay cut and then he gets cut. That's where I could see it really working out. But as long as it's trade talk, I don't really see it for the New Orleans Saints at this time. Coming up next, we're going to dive into uh, our Twitter Tuesday as we do here every Tuesday on Locked on Saints. And we're going to talk about the 17 game season projecting Alvin Kamara's 2021 year. What could the stat line look like with an additional game? We'll talk about that more here in just a moment. But as of right now, as we're revving up our coverage going into the 2021 season, I'm hoping that you're able to rev up your vehicle in a way that is safe and in a way that is, uh, you know, you're taking care of your vehicle. And best way for you to be able to do that is over at rockauto.com. That was a smooth segue. Uh, rockauto.com, one of our favorite, favorite uh, supporters here across the network. Go and check them out. Everything you can imagine that you might need for your vehicle, you can get at rockauto.com. Just head over and grab a, you know, let them know what your make, your model is and the year of your vehicle. Let them know what part it is. And then you're going to be able to grab, you know, whether it's a fuel pump assembly for your 05 Honda Odyssey, let's say, or maybe even a, you know, new floor mats for your Toyota Tundra or whatever it is that you're driving these days. Go and check them out. You're going to get them all at a fraction of the price is what you would get over at the chain stores as well. For instance, that fuel pump assembly I was just talking about, $354 at the brick and mortar big chain store. 
$217 at rockauto.com. So what are you waiting for? You know you got something you need to do with your car. Go and go and get it taken care of with rockauto.com. And don't forget to check out to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On to the How'd You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's get it, Houdat Nation, rolling right along with another episode here at Locked On Saints. Thank you very much, as always, for being with us, whether it's your first time or your next time. I know we've been talking a lot of NFL draft here on Locked On Saints, but it's because it's draft season. So if you want more, make sure you check out our Locked On NFL draft lineup. We've got draft dudes who watches the tape on all the prospects so you don't have to. And then Locked On NFL draft, we're taking care of all your mock drafts and all of your draft news as well so go and check them out draft dudes and the locked on nfl draft podcast on the odyssey app wherever you get your podcast so as we wrap up today's show wanted to take a look at alvin Kamara's 17 game season we did this last twitter tuesday as well with Jameis winston 17 game season and trying to project what his year might look like so if you want to hear that just head on back to last week's twitter tuesday episode projecting Jameis winston 17 game season and today we're going to project Alvin Kamara's 17-game season. So I put it out to the folks on Twitter who all have, uh, you know, a lot of different thoughts, and it really varied a whole bunch of different ways where, you know, Alvin Kamara may end up in 2021. And so let's look at a couple of the answers here. Uh, Felix Grimm, 875 rushing yards and 79 receptions for 434 receiving yards, and then he ends up putting up a total of 15 touchdowns our good friend ryan from over at the hudat kiss podcast uh 1275 rushing yards so a big season his first thousand uh thousand plus yard rushing season although he was very close last year finishing with 935 and not being able to play in week 17 he had uh he's projecting rather 16 rushing touchdowns 93 receptions which would be a new career high after setting a career high of 83 in 2020 with 725 receiving yards and nine receiving touchdowns, so a total of 25 touchdowns. I know it sounds like a lot, but remember, some of these numbers are going to be swollen because of the 17th game. Thank you, Ryan, for coming through there. David Winker, 800, uh, excuse me, 800 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns, 65 receptions for 700 yards and three touchdowns. Very modest in the receiving, uh, in the receiving range there. Uh, 65 receptions being lower than his career so far, 81 over his first three seasons, and then 83 in 2020. And then one more that we're going to take a look at real quick comes from uh, Luis Andrade, who mentions 950 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns, over 1,000 receiving yards and seven receiving touchdowns, but also adds here one completion on a trick play that goes for a six-yard touchdown to Michael Thomas. So I wanted to make sure that I shout that out because We've all been waiting for the Alvin Kamara uh, passing touchdown. We know it's coming eventually. We just we, we've all been waiting for it. So I, I grouped together everybody's answers and then averaged them out just like we did with the Jameis Winston look. And then I rounded everything up to the nearest whole number so that we get a full thing here. Uh, and, you know, some people didn't provide certain pieces of information. Not everybody provided receptions. Not everybody provided rushing touchdowns or they only gave total touchdowns so I didn't know how to break them out things like that so there's a little bit of leniency to be given here because some of these numbers are averaging over a greater number of values but regardless let's take a look at it so 1038 rushing yards was the average around the estimations that we received 15 rushing touchdowns 
78 receptions for 761 yards and eight receiving touchdowns. So I'm actually pretty close on a couple of these figures. I'm close on the rushing touchdowns. I'm a little bit lower, but I'm close on the rushing touchdowns and then I'm close on the receiving yards. So what I did basically was that I looked at the 2017, 18, 19, and the 2020 season, and then I averaged them out amongst themselves, right? What are the nearest whole values for each season? 834 rushing yards per season is Alvin Kamara's average. 11 rushing touchdowns per season is Alvin Kamara's average. So we're going to look at two different numbers here. So I averaged out the, or two different versions of this number. Uh, I averaged out the rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. The same five stats that I asked people to provide on Twitter for their projections. I divided those out by 16 games, and then I extrapolated them over 17 games if the, as if they were a 17-game season. Now, keep in mind that on a couple of these years, he didn't play a full 16 games. So when I divide this by 16, I'm actually kind of ripping him off a little bit. So this is going to come in low, and that's okay. We're, gonna, we're, we're okay with that. So with that average over four seasons, we get 887 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, 87 receptions for 750 yards and four receiving touchdowns. Now, those last two values I agree with. The first three values I struggle with a little bit. 887 rushing yards, I can actually, I'm actually, I'm actually okay with that one too. But 11 rushing touchdowns and 80 receptions, or 87 receptions, I'm a little bit unsure about that. So what I'm going to do to kind of give us a little bit of a better glimpse at this is I'm going to pull out the 2019 season. When I pull out the 2019 season, it gets rid of the year to where he played hurt, to where he averaged you know, far less than his usual averages as well, only 533 receiving yards on 81 receptions when before that. 81 or even the 83 receptions that he had last season. He was over at least 700 yards, over 800 his rookie year. And it takes out the season where he really only played and appeared in 14 games. This gives us a little bit more of an accurate representation because the two seasons that he played in less than 16 was only 15. So he only missed one game in each of those seasons. So this gives us a little bit more of an accurate number when we divide the season output by average over those three seasons by 16 games and then multiply them up by 17 games. And then we get a stat line that's a little bit more akin to what I'm thinking for Alvin Kamara in 2021. 901 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. I feel a lot better about that. I think it could still be a little bit higher, but I'm going to roll with it. 13 rushing touchdowns, 87 receptions. This makes sense to me. He had 83 last season. You add an additional game and consider the fact that he only played 15 out of the 16 games last year. I think he can get an additional five receptions over last year's total or four receptions over last year's total with an additional two games, 811 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. This stat line, I like a lot. This is the one that I'm going to roll with. This is the one that I feel like works for me. And it's not too far off. I'm not going to give him the thousand yard rushing season just yet. I think that the Saints have really found something that they like with Latavius Murray. And I could see them maybe pulling back on Alvin Kamara at a certain point in the season to make sure that he's healthy in terms of their hopes for a playoff run here. So I could see them maybe throttling down a little bit on Alvin Kamara, and that's what keeps him from getting to the 1,000-yard season, but still gets him 901 yards in this projection. But we'll see. We'll see what it actually is. We'll see where Alvin Kamara exceeds these numbers, if he comes in under any of these numbers, and honestly, coming in under these numbers 
for me, as I mentioned, these are a pretty conservative uh, response here, a pretty conservative rate here. I don't see him coming in under these numbers if he stays healthy through the 2021 season. So uh, that's our projection for Alvin Kamara. I'll find another interesting one. Maybe we'll do Michael Thomas's projection next week. Uh, but for tomorrow's episode, though, it is our midweek mock draft. So make sure you get your listener mocks in as soon as you can so that I'll make sure I get those shouted out here on the show. We'll break down some prospects and we'll get a seven round mock draft as well as checking in on the TDN mock update as well as they update those every Wednesday. So we'll get to all of that on tomorrow's episode. I'm so excited to be able to bring that to you. And I appreciate you as always for listening, rating and reviewing. Make sure you catch me on Twitter over at Ross Jackson. Nola hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.